Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. How's it going? Excellent. You know, there's so much less known about the experience called SDE, an acronym for shared death experience that is very similar to the near death experience, except that it is witnessed and experienced by those who are connected with the dying, either the caregivers or relatives and loved ones. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing stories um, about that. That sounds great. I can't wait to hear that. Okay, shall we begin? Let's do it. So the phrase was coined by Dr. Raymond Moody in his book, Glimpses of Eternity, published in 2011. Mm -hmm. I think Um, I've heard of him before, yeah. Yeah, and research studies um, since the 1960s have suggested that the transition from life to death and beyond can simultaneously be transferred to another person. Uh, Going back thousands of years, there have been reports across various cultures, age, religions, geography, that people near death can experience seeing otherworldly phenomenon like you were talking about. And science has, you know, chalked it up to just hallucinations caused by, you know, the chemicals released when the brain's deprived of oxygen, blood flow issues, serotonin production, or um, even the activation of adrenaline responses in the survivor fight or flight coping methods. But SDEs are breaking that belief among the researchers who, you know, were naysayers about NDEs. Yeah. um, Because it is occurring to individuals who are in perfect health, not unlikely near death themselves and Mm. are in no way uh, on any type of medication, which would explain a shared hallucination. Right. So, huh. in fact, most of these experiences happen when the person is not even bedside um, or even in the same room with the dying. Huh. So, William J. Peters, a former family therapist and author of the book, At Heaven's Door, has had an interest in collecting these stories since he's had his own NDE and SDE experiences. Mm -hmm. He has since started what he calls the Shared Crossing Project, where he's been able to interview and study more than 800 separate SDE cases. Mm -hmm. It sounds like I'm saying STDs cases, but (laughs) it is SDE, shared um, death experiences. Shared death, yeah. When William was only 17 years old, back in 1979, he was on a ski trip in Lake Tahoe. He was trying to get control of his skis when his speed was causing the back of his skis to cross. And as a result, he was thrown into the air, feeling a crunching sound as he landed violently on his back. Oh, shit. Everything he said went dark for him and he had no sense of his body. It was silent, and suddenly he realized that he was staring down at his body in the snow. Describing his view as being pulled back away from the spot he was lying in, he described seeing the whole ski area, then Lake Tahoe, 
then the state of Reno and beyond until he saw the whole oceans, our country's borders, and then Earth, like the pictures you see from NASA. Yeah. And guess what, Holly? Hmm. It was round. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Unbelievable. No way. Yeah. There was wisdom communicated to him and an aha moment where he said that every interaction mattered greatly, like the butterfly effect, where even... Just the very smallest things we do yeah. can have the biggest consequences. Huh. Well, that's disturbing because I have done a lot of big and small things. Yeah. <laughs> I think scary. we all have. <laughs> kind of like a spider in a web. Like every time it moves, the entire web Shakes. shivers. Yeah. 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 Kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. You're right. And he also saw the golden light uh, that so many people see. And mm-hmm. in that moment, he knew he was dying. Um, He was overcome with grief. He said that he's wasted his life. Um, He started pleading with whoever could hear that he wanted to go back. But he said the whole time he felt like this light source was hugging him. And he thought telepathically that a voice, maybe it was God, maybe it was Jesus. He doesn't know. But this voice told him to make something of your life. And the next thing he knew, he was going in the opposite direction back to his body and earth. But he was also really freaked out mm-hmm. because he he had heard that crunch. Mm-hmm. So he was really freaked out that he would be paralyzed. So he was constantly like, please help me be okay. Please don't let me be paralyzed. You yeah. know, the whole, pleading with that same, you know, yeah. consciousness that he was hearing. Yeah. Well, the first thing he felt was this surge of electricity as if he was under this nice shower head with warm pulsing water massaging his body heard of that before yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and a friend skiing with him had just you know found him and he commented on his amazing wipeout Mm -hmm. and as he stood up he didn't realize initially anything was wrong Mm -hmm. and he said he he just didn't really truly understand the significance of what just happened to him Mm -hmm. but the next day he was unable to move oh and after an x-ray, the doctor declared he was one third of an inch away from being a total paraplegic. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Yeah. He had a compression fracture on his lower spine. And so he had to wear this really stiff back brace for like three months oh in order to heal. Jeez. So he was so lucky that yeah. he yeah. didn't have that happen. And wow. when he was older, yeah, when he was older, he said as part of his interest, because then he became really, really interested in psychology mm-hmm. and end of life grieving. Yeah. He volunteered to work at a hospice in oh. San Francisco. Yeah. A lot of them like the hospice. Mm-hmm. He said one man, he calls him Ron to protect his identity, really loved being read stories and had become comatose without any communication to anyone for several days. Hmm. Um, he knew that hearing is, you know, one of the last senses a person loses. So William kept reading to him from Jack London's Call of the Wild. Oh, okay. Yeah. And as he was reading a page out loud, he suddenly realized he was out of his body, mm-hmm. um, floating up, seeing himself sitting in a chair by the bed reading. Yeah. And... What really surprised him, though, Holly, was he saw the man in the bed also out of his body floating up on the other side of the room. Huh. As they looked at each other, he saw the man had regressed in age and was fit and healthy. Oh, yeah. Unlike his dying form on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. He was his best self. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, Ron saw his shocked expression and smirked, saying telepathically, check it out. So cool, isn't it? <laughs> and then he told him, this is where I've been these last few days. Huh. Everything is wonderful up there. Yeah. So he, he had been out of his body, yeah. kind of experiencing that in-between world. Right. Um, that whole time that where he laid comatose. Sure. Yeah. So the moment then quickly shifted and he said he was back in his body, reading in the chair, and the vision was gone with Ron, who was still unresponsive and just a few days later he passed away mm. so he felt that he shared he shared in that death experience yeah. with him yeah even though ron never came back he went on to die he definitely experienced that other world with him right that's that that's beyond cool. the veil yeah yeah so in his book, he shares many of these stories uh -huh. and has come to the conclusion with his research that there are very similar experiences and themes. One is the role of the person who is sharing the experience with the dying. It seems to be that in many cases, they're filling in as a guide or helper with this transition. Right. They oftentimes go with them to the other realm. And just as they approach a certain spot, they can't go any further. But by then... The departed are well on their way and happy to continue feeling safe and euphoric. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. And many times, especially with those who are unaware someone is passing, will receive physical similarities of the trauma that the person is experiencing. Mm -hmm. For example, stabbing pains in the chest when the person is going into cardiac arrest or the feeling of deep sadness and sorrow when it is a suicide situation, mm -hmm. and even burning and coughing when it is a fire situation or drowning. Almost immediately after these symptoms, they will receive a phone call or message alerting them that the person has died in the same manner that they had just experienced for themselves. Now, some theorize they're helping to share in the trauma. Yeah. To help in some way, even at a distance, to relieve the full burden of fear and pain. Yeah. Many describe experiencing a boundary or mm -hmm. a void where they cannot go with the departed. Yeah. It's like once you go past there, you definitely can't come back yeah. from that. Yeah. They also describe a fog that closes in on them. And, of course, they also describe the tunnel and the bright light. Shared death experiencers also say they feel a higher consciousness, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. a divine or non-human entity assisting. And, you know, so that that is just so common. Everybody's talking about this. Mm -hmm. And the 13 percent of the cases report seeing departed relatives of the mm -hmm. person communicating with them also. Right. Yep. So Sounds good. Yeah. So Taylor Breilicht posted her shared death experience on Gail Rubin's YouTube account, who has also explored this topic. And she states, quote, I had a shared death experience with my dad one month ago. I was asleep, but then all of a sudden felt I was on this journey. There were tons of angelic figures surrounding us, but one in particular was a, de a deceased relative who I began following into a beam of light. I saw my dad in the hospital bed from far away. But as we approached closer to his body, he was suddenly young and healthy. We began performing a ritual on his behalf. Almost it felt like a funeral. My father and I began to speak telepathically to each other. He smiled at me, and it was like he was just telling me it was time for him to go. 
suddenly what I thought was just a dream began to come to a close and I woke up feeling as if my spirit came back into my body. Four hours later, I got the phone call that my dad had passed. Oh, wow. I truly feel this was a remote shared death experience. Yeah, I bet it was. So this is just amazing mm -hmm. that people are experiencing this yeah. and can experience it because yeah. um, that was something I had never known about before. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd heard of NDEs, but I'd never heard of that. Right. And besides NDEs and SDEs, there's much to be gathered from the verbiage of the last words in the days leading up to someone's death. Okay. Linguist huh. Lisa Smart became fascinated with what the dying communicate regarding the afterlife uh -huh. when she began writing down the words of her own father. Hmm. She said her dad was an atheist who started to describe beings of light in his final days alive. Mm -hmm. That's a very common theme. People who are just about to die will start seeing stuff around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lisa said he was filled with such fear regarding dying, but the closer he got to the end of his life, the more excited he became about going on a trip. So this linguist said many people will disregard words their loved ones say thinking it's just gibberish because it tends to be more abstract and like a departure from their normal sentence structure yeah. or even how they would have normally communicated before their final days. But Lisa Smart's book called Words at the Threshold, What We Say as We're Nearing Death, features excerpts of a study of over 1,500 accounts that were collected. Lisa found that the words being used by the dying were similar to each other and that there were certain themes being expressed. She said she found patterns and descriptions that prove a valid experience for something we can hope for beyond the final curtain call. Her methodology involved asking chaplains and hospice workers to share their experiences and nurses of what they heard bedside from those who were passing. Lisa also has the Final Words Project, where people can submit their written accounts of what was said by their loved ones. The author follows up with phone calls verifying to make sure the accounts are coming from credible sources. Many of the collected words she used in her book describe a journey, trip, or big event. One person said, the yellow bus is here for me. The and, yellow bus? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Huh. Um, and others would reference needing a suitcase and passport. One account said that their conversation was regarding a trip also, and that the train seems to be having delays, which is really curious because it seemed that the loved one kept hanging on and couldn't pass without a bit of a struggle. Hmm. It seemed that the trip described always involved a vehicle of some sort. Nobody said they were going to jog on over to the other side or yeah. get their hiking <laughs> or hit, yeah, get their hiking shoes on to reach yeah. heaven. Yeah. But it did seem they selected their favorite mode of transportation, whether it be sailboat, mopeds, airplanes like you were saying, you Uber. Right. Interesting. Huh. Did yeah. anyone say horseback or I don't know. I haven't read unique. her whole book, but, huh. you know, this is kind of what she was saying. And um, and another common form of expression was getting ready for the party or celebration, like uh -huh. a golf tournament yeah. or a big dance. They say it's a big celebration when you arrive back mm -hmm. home. Yeah. Yeah. And one person talked about needing a fourth for the big poker game. 
<laughs> That's great. Yeah, and neurologists and many scientists will disregard these accounts saying it's dementia or the brain malfunctioning. <laughs> right. That makes but sense. but in so many cases, the accounts would transcend age or medical condition or type of death or treatment with medicine. So, I mean, these reports are coming from all over and different types of situations. Do you think in heaven you get to play poker with your dog or your dog? Well, so, suppose, <laughs> suppose they've got the intellect that you do and they can yeah, actually play with yeah, you. Yeah, that would be so Wouldn't fun. That be funny. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things she said was she had no idea how many um, golf courses were up in heaven because almost. Like a lot of the men were always talking about playing golf. Oh, how like, funny. Like, I got to get ready for my golf tournament. Right. You know, right, I got to right. get my golf bag out. Yeah. You know, it was just really funny to yeah. her. Yeah. Huh. Um, one interesting report of last words was posted by user Cambro88 on a BuzzFeed website. I'm a hospice chaplain and worked in a hospital for a time. There was a spiritual, non-religious man I had a good connection with. He requested that I come to his room. When I did, he motioned for me to crouch by his bed and spoke in a whisper. Do you see there my brother in the corner? Oh. <laughs> I told him I didn't, but I believed he was seeing him. He was completely lucid and calmly explained that his brother had been in the corner talking with him, wow. hashing things out and coming to forgiveness like they weren't able to do before his brother died. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, and he worried that the nurses would think he was crazy and try to medicate him. So when uh, the chaplain assured him, I you know, that he believed in him and just wanted to listen to what he had to say, he went on to say, okay, you know, I see death too. She was in the parking lot. I could see her from my window. She had my brother with her. Now death is in my room. She's all black, but she ain't ugly. So wait a minute. He's saying that death is a woman. Yep. That's and, a new, new information. Yep. And and that she ain't ugly. And she's pretty. I love she's that. pretty hot. I think that's really funny. <laughs> and he, um, the chaplain said he was totally at peace, and he died a few days later. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I know that you have, have probably heard of this, too, and some of our listeners, but I thought I'd end with some interesting words recorded from famous people we know are... Steve Jobs, who said, oh, wow, oh, yeah. wow, oh, wow. Yeah, I remember hearing Those that. Those were his final words. Because he, he was seeing something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his eyes were closed, and he was like, oh, wow, oh, wow. Like, yeah. Yeah, like really amazed. Yeah. Um, I He's must... like, you guys have iPhones up here, too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is funny, Holly, because there was one guy that died. And as he was experiencing, you know, the in-between, mm -hmm. he was telling the person who was at his bedside that he was super excited because there was all kinds of um, w uh, ways for him to build kitchenettes. Because oh. there's all kinds of needs for my skills up there. There's kitchenettes I need to build galore up there. <laughs> and so it seems like we will have our passion played out up there. Huh. We'll be busy with tasks yeah. and things. What would you want to um, do up in heaven? What would you bring with you from I'd this like, life? I'd like to sing up there, be in a good choir. Oh, not banking? I'd, no, <laughs> not banking. No. <laughs> Yeah, I could see you being in a choir. Up I think there. that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, maybe um, practice levitation a little bit. <laughs> that'd be fun. I must go now. The fog is rising. Was Emily Dickinson's "The Poet's Last 
words that she stated. The fog is rising. Yeah, and that interesting. It's like the veil is being lifted. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a hoax. This place is all one giant hoax. Roger Ebert, the movie critic, declared to his wife, who also said he described the afterlife as being more real than our present world with a huge amount of vastness and beauty. And that's what most people say. It's more real than anything you've ever experienced. It's more real. It's more true. It's It's more bluer. It's more vivid. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, I can just add a little anecdote in here. I have a friend who was years ago i hope it's cool if i use this story I'm sure absolutely she won't mind, but oh i'm speaking I'm not for gonna, her <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna use her name so <clears throat> but she was dating this guy his mother was dying and neither him or his sister could be in the room with her i think it was just too much so was that person and she said that she sat next to the bed while this woman was dying and one the last thing she said she sat up in bed she grabbed her arm and she said I will see you again. And then fell back down Ugh. and a couple minutes later she was gone. Wow. That's a pretty powerful story. That's I love very that story. Powerful. I, I, I do will too. see you again. And then she yeah. was gone. I love that. I lo- she saw the glimpse into something. Like I, I believe when people are dying, um, their eyes are closed. They can get a glimpse into that other world. They see the window mm-hmm. or the door or the whatever it is. And then they're like, oh, Oh, just like like Steve Jobs. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then, you know, she had that last bit of mm-hmm. I will see you again and gone. You know, when our when we were with our friend and we were blessed to be able to be with her in yeah. her last days yeah. um, and, and together with her. Yeah. Just to see the change in her expression yeah. um, yes. was she was definitely um, something happened. She yeah, she had seen something or felt something that really something shifted. We did a healing circle with her the night before she passed. And after that, everything changed. Yep. And like healing circle, but really more of a let her let go circle, really. Yeah. I mean, just what can we do to get her out of this this situation and help her transition? And uh, yeah, the next day was the last. And it was quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So I, I definitely believe that if you pay attention to your loved ones, um, they are communicating. They they might be comatose. They might not speak directly to you. Yeah. But you'll you'll be able to see that shift. Right. Um, and one one um, retired professor Brian K. Elman is saying the NDE experience though doesn't prove that the afterlife is supernatural. He says it just proves that the afterlife is being experienced. And instead, what he suggests um, is that it might be a natural occurrence and not a supernatural experience, much in the way that we experience a dream that in the case of death never ends. Right. Um, And after all, he claims, you know, heaven or the afterlife hasn't been discovered anywhere in the cosmos and those who believe in it believe it's a real place, but probably in a different dimension or invisible to most who are living. It's right. not a- accessible for, for the living from our perception. Um, but of course, SDEs are changing that. Right. Um, I feel like we're all in this time 
everybody is evolving up. Like we're all like becoming more open to spiritual things and we're getting, we're having more of these experiences. It seems like. I think we all want more meaning in our lives. I think people are just like, eh, my job's not fulfilling. Yes, my yes. material possessions are not fulfilling. I don't care about all this, these things. Yeah. I just want to do something that I love to do. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. That's absolutely true. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he does agree, whatever afterlife is being expressed in the NDEs is personal, much in the way your dream will never be an exact story of someone else's dream. But again, um, we know in shared death experiences, two or more people can see the exact same vision or experiences as the dying. But anyway, Elman calls it the NEE. The never-ending experience. <laughs> just keeps I always, going and I always going. think of the never-ending story yeah, with the, the big dog. Yeah, yeah. He talks about how time is measured by passing events in life, and in a dreamlike state, it is outside of real time going by, sometimes lasting only 15 minutes. When, as we wake up, we feel like the dream was taking place over hours, days, or even a lifetime. The only difference in an NEE experience is that when we die, we aren't waking up to perceive time passing. It is our eternal state that like a dream never ends until we wake up, but in reality it has ended and we never wake up. So the release of chemicals at the moments leading right to the death enable a natural perception of an everlasting state of consciousness. Um, I think of a star's light we can see for many, many centuries. Yeah. And yet that star might have already died. Died a long time ago, but you still see its mm -hmm. light. And yeah. we are perhaps all stars. And in death, our light has been put out. But just like our nighttime sky, we still keep shining. So if you want mm -hmm. to read the paper on his hypothesis, mm -hmm. I will link it in our credits. It's, I got to warn you, it's a very dry professor-like read. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. um, but good luck. Boring. And for some, yeah, for <laughs> some of you might might uh, listening, it might be the theory that most makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. I, for one, though, believe in the supernatural afterlife. Okay. Um, because I believe there's a better place, more real than reality, for sure. Yeah. And I believe we're divine beings having a human experience. Yeah, I think you're right. And with that, uh, right. we end this. Uh, podcast yeah episode we, we hope you guys have um enjoyed that and definitely check out some of those youtube channels and some of the stuff that carol talked about um to learn more about these experiences because it really does something to you to make you feel if you're having a hard time with your life if things aren't going well it really can help it can help yes. you feel not so alone it can feel make you feel more purpose-filled um that everything's going to be okay i mean it's a it's a really great way to make yourself feel better in my opinion because I, I love listening to those stories i love it i agree yeah. well thanks guys thanks guys have a good night good night On a BuzzFed, we, uh, nah. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> I'm a hot, I'm a. <laughs> God, help me get me through this. I know, it's ugh. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted.
Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.